Chapter One of The Wishing Horse of Oz by Ruth Plumley Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Beth Thomas. Chapter One The King of Scampavia. Is this all? The King of Scampavia frowned at the great stack of bags, bales, crates, and carriers heaped around his throne. Leaning forward, he gingerly extracted a fig from one of the baskets and popped it into his enormous mouth. Pah! Dry as a blotter! spluttered the red-faced ruler, gritting his teeth with disgust. And look at those coconuts! No bigger round than a baby's rattle! Leaping off his throne, he began kicking at the baskets of vegetables and bales of cotton and other merchandise. What dusty junk is this? he raged, glaring furiously at Pinny Penny, his patient Prime Minister. How dare they send me such stuff! Clasping and unclasping his hands nervously, Pinny Penny nevertheless spoke up boldly. Because they have nothing better, Your Majesty. What can our poor subjects do with land so unprofitable and barren? Then not only must they produce enough for their own needs, but are required by law to give one-third of all they raise to the crown. And why not? blustered Scamperoo, settling back argumentatively on his throne. I am the king. You can't get around that, you know. No, sighed Pinny Penny, and drawing aside one of the shabby curtains, he looked sorrowfully out into the courtyard. What's all that racket? demanded his master, as a medley of shouts, roars, and dull thuds came rolling up to them. Forgetting his anger for a moment, he bounded to his feet and came across the room to look over Pinny Penny's shoulder. A slight argument seems to have arisen among the supervisors, murmured Pinny Penny resignedly. Now, Scampavia, I must tell you, is roughly divided into seven counties, and over each county Scamperoo had set a supervisor, whose duty it was to govern the province and to turn over to him one-third of all produce and merchandise in that county. To save time, and easily identify them, the supervisors were known by the size of the counties they governed. For instance, the supervisor of the first county, which was one mile wide and ten miles long, was called one by ten. The supervisor of the second county, two by four. The others were variously known as three by six, nine by five, eight by eight, five by nine, and four by seven. Twice a year, the supervisors rode into the capital with their tribute, and now, down in the courtyard, the seven tremendous Scampavians were in a perfect pitched battle, helped out by all the guards and palace servants. Argument, roared the king, slapping Pinny Penny rudely on the shoulder. It's a fight, and you know it. Ho <laughs> ho, just look at the good-for-nothing rascals. I tell you, old two-pins, however poorly they serve us as farmers and merchants, our Scampavians can certainly fight. And who says I'm too hard on them? Have I not given every man Jack a dress uniform and gun, and made them learn military drilling and marching at the Royal College? And what use is all this drilling and marching? inquired Pinny Penny wearily. Letting the curtain fall, he hurried away, for well he knew, if he did not put a stop to the conflict in the courtyard, every window in the palace would be broken. Now what did he mean by that? muttered Scamperoo peevishly, as his little Prime Minister whisked out of sight. Pursing his lips, he seated himself heavily on his throne. After all, Pinny Penny had only spoken the truth. Why had his father, or his father's father, ever picked out this pesky little country in the first place? Located in the southern part of the desert of Noland, between the kingdoms of Ix and Maryland, 
Scampavia, he was forced to admit, had neither riches, beauty, nor interest. His castle, though poor and shabby, was comfortable enough, and having lived in it all his life, he was used to it. He had put up with the hot, dry climate and the poor quality of the food, but, after all, why should he continue to do so? In those long-ago days in the schoolroom, he had studied of energetic rulers who had taken their armies and gone forth to conquer richer and more desirable lands from their neighbours. Well then, why should not he take his men, push over the border into a more fertile and kindly land? The idea pleased, but at the same time annoyed him. Scamperoo was fat and lazy. He loved quiet and ease. And the thought of a hard military campaign made him shudder with distaste. Still, he reflected, remembering Pinny Penny's reproachful face, a king should do something for his subjects, and the more he did for them, ho ho, the more he could make them do for him. A rich and prosperous country meant a rich and prosperous ruler. Discontentedly fingering the rough cloth from which his royal robes were fashioned, he began to picture himself decked out in splendid satins and velvets heavily encrusted with jewels. Jewels, pa. All the jewels he had were his plain gold sceptre, badly dented and bent from hurling at Pinny Penny. Taking off the crown, he scowled at it critically, and began considering the realms on either side of his own dominions. To the north, there was nothing but a sandy strip of desert and the tossing waters of the Nonestic Ocean. East lay the kingdom of Ix, and Zixi, the little queen, he considered too pleasant and friendly to conquer. Besides, the climate of Ix was not much better than that of his own country. To the west of Scampavia was Maryland, and at one time a band of his roistering Scampavians had crossed over into that country bent on theft and mischief. Recalling the way they had been welcomed and entertained by the cheerful king of Maryland and sent home simply laden with presents, he hastily dismissed that country too. How could he fight a monarch like that? To the south lay the burning sands of the deadly desert, which no man in his own kingdom had ever succeeded in crossing. So, having exhausted all the possibilities of the immediate neighbourhood, Scamperoo tapped his foot in vexation and began casting about in his mind for some fair and far away country to conquer. He closed his eyes in order to think better and was just on the point of falling into a pleasant doze of riches and conquest when Pinny Penny came noisily into the room. He was preceded by two of the king's supervisors, who, urged forward by the fearless little prime minister, stood sulkily and defiantly before the throne. "'Well, what now?' demanded Scamperoo, blinking his eyes sleepily. "'Can you not handle these arguments yourself, Pinny Penny? Is a king to have no rest or privacy at all?' Instead of answering, Pinny Penny took a small cotton bag from the tallest of the supervisors and handed it silently to the king. Still half asleep, Scamperoo untied the drawstring of the small bag and emptied the contents into his fat hand. What he saw there made his eyes fly open— wide open. Jewels, the very thing for which he had been wishing. Emeralds, gasped the king, rubbing the glittering necklace between his fingers. Where did you get this, two by four? They were sent to your majesty by a merchant in the second county who got them from a travelling peddler. The peddler had got them from a gillikin, who had got them from a quadling, who had got them from a munchkin, who had once lived in the Emerald City of Oz. Oz, snapped the king, sitting up very straight. Where is Oz? Oz is a great and powerful kingdom on the other side of the deadly desert, answered Two by Four, looking uneasily over his shoulder at Pinny Penny. 
Then how did this peddler cross the desert? demanded Scamperoo, holding the necklace up to the light and feasting his eyes greedily on its gleaming emeralds. That I cannot say. Two by four cast a longing glance at the door, heartily wishing himself on the other side. Then perhaps you will tell us why you did not turn this necklace over to the king, suggested Pinny Penny mournfully. Yes, how dared you keep it, panted Scamperoo indignantly. And what are you gaping at, three by six? I'll wager you were in this too. He was, shouted two by four hoarsely. He tried to steal the jewels from me. That's how he got the black eye. But you tried to steal them from me. And what about that, my fine fellow? Two by four turned a painful and uncomfortable scarlet under the king's accusing eye. In Scampavia we have so little, your majesty, he stuttered miserably. With these emeralds I thought I might buy a bit of land in some cooler and more comfortable country, where my wife and two boys could be happy. A country where flowers would grow in a garden, and where a man would not have to spend his whole life wrestling with rocks and weeds and drilling for hours in the hot sun for no reason whatever. Ha! Huh, exclaimed Pinny Penny, looking meaningly at the king. Ha! Yourself! grunted Scamperoo wrathfully. Then, as the emeralds continued to sparkle and glitter in his hand, his anger subsided. You did very wrong to keep the necklace, two by four, he stated mildly. But I have decided to forgive you. Return now to the second county and explain to the merchant who gave you this necklace that I must have all three. All three? exclaimed two by four. But he's entitled by law to two of them. My word is the law here, and you can choose between a broken law or a broken head, Scamperoo told him calmly. He is the king, murmured Pinny Penny in a quiet voice. There was nothing sarcastic in the manner of his speech, but something in the Prime Minister's expression made the king prickle all over with discomfort. Yes, I am the king, he shouted explosively. And moreover, I have spoken. Begone, both of you, and you, two by four, have two days to return with those two necklaces. The necklaces or your head, do you understand? And, uh, uh, you may tell that merchant in your county that he needs send no more of his wares to the capital. The three necklaces will suffice, he bellowed as the two supervisors went bolting through the door. How nice. They will suffice. You are the king sniffed Pinny Penny with a sour smile. Are you a parrot or a prime minister? Stop repeating that silly stuff and tell me about Oz, commanded Scamperoo, clasping the emerald necklace around his fat throat. Have you ever heard of this place, Pinny Penny? It must be a rich and marvellous country if peddlers can trade emerald necklaces as carelessly as we trade wooden beads. It is a marvellous country, answered Pinny Penny thoughtfully. I remember my father telling me about the capital of Oz, an emerald city, where even the streets were inlaid with jewels, and every tower and wall was studded with emeralds. Well, why have I never been told about this? wheezed the king peevishly. A country like that? Just a precious stone's throw away, so to speak? Your majesty has never cared for reading or study, Pinny Penny reminded him a bit maliciously. In our library there is a whole history of Oz. Fetch it! Fetch it! Bring it to me at once! panted the king, bouncing up and down on his throne like a big bad baby, which in truth he was. I must discover why Oz is so rich and prosperous, while we are so poor and unfortunate. 
not so unfortunate and poor as we are unwise and greedy, stated Pinny Penny, stalking calmly across the room. If your majesty would study ways to improve Scampavia and allow your subjects to keep a fair share of their crops and merchandise, we might be a powerful country too. Nonsense! What can we do with a rocky little desert like this? blustered Scamperoo contemptuously. Scampavia is a dull little kingdom, a dumb little kingdom, a king dumb. That's a good name for it. And you? muttered Pinny Penny under his breath as he hastened away to fetch the book on Oz. Returning, he plumped the fat volume down on the king's knees and stood back with folded arms. Well, well, do you expect me to read all this? wailed Scamperoo in dismay. Why, it would take a year or more. Explain it to me, Penny Penny. Just give me the gist of the matter. Just give me the gist. There, I've made a joke. Ha 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 ha. I've made a joke. But Oz is no joke, said the Prime Minister shortly. Your Majesty had better get that through your head at once. Now attend closely, and I will endeavour to give you the most important facts about this rich and enchanting country across the desert. In the first place, Penny Penny looked severely over his specs. Oz is about fifty times as large as Scampavia, a great oblong undulating country divided into four triangular kingdoms. Each of these kingdoms has its own ruler, but all four are subject to the rule of Ozma of Oz, whose capital, the Emerald City, is in the exact centre of Oz. A girl? exclaimed Scamperoo, leaning forward excitedly. How can a mere girl rule over an important country like that? By using her heart as well as her head, by encouraging thrift and rewarding industry, announced Pinny Penny in a tone that made the king wince. Your majesty would do well to read of her wise laws and plans for the betterment of her country. You may just skip all of that, sniffed Scamperoo, closing his mouth stubbornly. Tell me, who are the rulers of these four kingdoms and the general customs and characteristics of the people? Closing his eyes and putting his fingertips together, Pinny Penny began solemnly. The northmost country of Oz is the land of the Gillikins, famed for its luscious grapes, plums, wisteria, and heather. It is a purple country and is ruled over by Joe King and Queen Hyacinth, who live in an amethyst-trimmed castle high in the Gillikin Mountains. The eastern empire of Oz is a yellow country, known for its wheat, corn, butter, pumpkins, daffodils, and gold mines. Nick Chopper is the emperor of the Winkies, and this singular ruler is made entirely of tin plate, and celebrated in song and story as the Tin Woodman of Oz. Pinny Penny paused a moment to catch his breath, and then continued quietly, The Southland is red, and noted for its strawberries, tomatoes, beets, red birds, red wood, and red heads. Glinda, the good sorceress, governs the quadlings who make up its inhabitants, and she knows as much magic as Ozma herself. Oh, it's one of those magic places where one just snaps the fingers to get what he wants, sighed the king discontentedly. Well, well, go on. The western country of Oz is blue, continued Pinny Penny obligingly, and everyone has heard of its famous Blue Ridge Mountains, its blue birds, its violets, its blue skies, and its capital, the Sapphire City. Cheeriobed is king, and Orin is queen of the Munchkins, and they live in the Sapphire City, in almost as much magnificence as Ozma in the Emerald City. Is that all you wish to know? About the army? muttered Scamperoo, wrinkling up his forehead. Has this girl ruler a great army stationed at her capital? Pinny Penny grinned in spite of himself. The young fairy ruler of Oz is opposed to all wars and fighting, and has at her court an army consisting of one tall soldier with green whiskers. He explained hurriedly. 
One soldier with green whiskers? shouted the king, nearly tumbling off his throne. I never heard anything more ridiculous in my life. I thought you said Oz wasn't a joke, and yet you stand there and tell me about an army of one soldier? Why, that's the funniest thing I ever heard. <laughs> Laugh if you wish, said Pinny Penny resignedly, but don't forget that Ozma has more magic appliances at her fingertips than we have pebbles on our desert. In her palace lives the famous Wizard of Oz, who can work every sort of transformation and enchantment, but does so only for the good of the country. Humph! exclaimed the king. Well, how many fighting men have we? Seven hundred Scampavian soldiers in each of the seven counties, answered Pinny Penny reluctantly. But let me warn your majesty that the idea you have in your head is sheer madness and will lead to nothing but ruin. Take off your crown, put on your nightcap, and dream away this foolishness. And a fine-looking crown it is, snapped the king, snatching off his crown and looking at it angrily. But these emeralds will brighten it up a bit, eh, Penny Penny? It is not the sparkle of gems in a king's crown that count. It is the jewels of wisdom in the head under the crown that make him happy and well-beloved. Stop! Enough! yelled the king, hurling the crown with all his might at Pinny Penny. When will you stop this infernal lecturing and scolding? When your majesty stops talking nonsense, sighed Pinny, catching the crown with one hand and pulling a long bell cord with the other. Come now, let us have our tea and forget about Oz, he proposed calmly. Lemon or cream, your highness? Lemon, growled the king sourly, and slapping open the book of history on his knees, he stared long and enviously at a picture of the Emerald City of Oz. End of chapter 1